You're listening to the King's Church Podcast. Visit us online at kingswisbeach.org.uk. If you have your Bibles with you, you'd like to turn to John's Gospel, chapter 17. I'm, just going, I'm going to read the whole chapter, if you have it there. Uh, and this is right at the end of the Last Supper that Jesus spent with his disciples before going out to be crucified. And so we're, we're coming right to the end of this series that we've been doing on this, this part of the Bible. Father, the time has come, Jesus said, as he looked towards heaven and prayed. Father, the time has come. Glorify your son, that your son may glorify you. For you granted him authority over all people, that he might give eternal life to all those you have given him. Now this is eternal life, that they know you, the only true God, and Jesus Christ, whom you have sent. I have brought you glory on earth by completing the work you gave me to do. And now, Father, glorify me in your presence with the glory I had with you before the world began. I have revealed your name to those whom you gave me out of the world. They were yours, you gave them to me, and they have obeyed your word. Now they know that everything you have given me comes from you. For I gave them the words you gave me, and they accepted them. They knew with certainty that I came from you, and they believed that you sent me. I pray for them. I'm not praying for the world, but for those you have given me, for they are yours. All I have is yours, and all you have is mine, and glory has come to me through them. I will remain in the world no longer, but they are still in the world, and I'm coming to you. Holy Father, protect them by the power of your name, the name you gave me, so that they may be one as we are one. While I was with them, I protected them and kept them safe by that name you gave me. None has been lost except the one doomed to destruction so that scripture would be fulfilled. I am coming to you now, but I say these things while I'm still in the world so that they may have the full measure of my joy within them. I have given them your word and the world has hated them for they are not of the world any more than I am of the world. My prayer is not that you take them out of the world, but that you protect them from the evil one. They are not of the world, even as I am not of it. Sanctify them by the truth. Your word is truth. As you sent me into the world, I have sent them into the world. For them I sanctify myself, that they too may be truly sanctified. My prayer is not for them alone. I pray also for those who will believe in me through their message, that all of them may be one, Father, just as you are in me and I am in you. May they also be in us, so that the world may believe that you have sent me. 
I have given them the glory that you gave me, that they may be one as we are one, I in them and you in me. May they be brought to complete unity to let the world know that you sent me and have loved them even as you have loved me. Father, I want those you have given me to be with me where I am and to see my glory, the glory you have given me because you loved me before the creation of the world. Righteous Father, though the world does not know you, I know you, and they know that you have sent me. I have made you known to them and will continue to make you known in order that the love you have for me may be in them and that I myself may be in them. Well, as I say, this is the last in our series called The Christian Survival Guide, in which we're looking at some of the things that Jesus shared with his disciples during that last meal before going out to be arrested and condemned and crucified. And today we're looking particularly at the issue of our security. Because, you know, we, we've, he's given them so many pointers as to how you will survive as a Christian in this world. And one of the things we really need to know is, are we secure? Are we secure in him? See, because here's Jesus. He's about to finish the work that he's come to earth to do. And so he's returning to the Father. But of course, for these disciples... The work is really only just beginning. And so they're going to need to know that they're really secure. Jesus will go forth to, to deal with sin and to conquer death, but they're going to be living the eternal life that he will give to those who love him. And right at the beginning of it, when we see Jesus initially praying for himself as he's going out to face all the worst that the devil can throw at him this time, but knowing that this is the way the Father has called him to go. And so for him, that protection, which enabled him to walk through the crowd when they wanted to throw him over the cliff, which enabled them, him to completely be protected when they wanted to stone him to death. Now that protection is going to be withdrawn because he is choosing to take on himself all that the Father has asked him to do. But for these disciples, this is going to be a big shock and obviously a very frightening experience. So when he's praying for himself, he talks about having eternal life and what eternal life consists of. It doesn't just mean, you know, that we just kind of go on living forever and ever as we always have done and things carry on much as before, only there's no end. No, it's a totally different kind of life we're talking about here. The sort of life that lasts has to be made of something rather more lasting than the sort of life that just fizzles out when you come to the end of it. And the key to this, he says, this is eternal life, that they know you, the one true God, and Jesus Christ, whom you have sent. In other words, the key to this is a relationship with God. Nobody has eternal life in and of themselves. We are not eternal creatures. We don't naturally live forever. 
Life is something that is a gift from God. And eternal life is only available to people who want to be in relationship with God through Jesus. So when we were tying those knots earlier and, uh, and Jackie was making the point, you know, that if we really want to be secure, if you're a fisherman and you tie your knot to hold your boat, if the knot doesn't hold, your boat will drift away. If you're climbing the, the cliff face and your knot gives way, guess what? You plunge to your death. So it's really important that the thing that holds you is secure. And of course, we had two different strings of different colors, and we had to tie them together. And the, it is only secure when the two are held firmly by a really firm knot. That was what that little exercise of tying knots was all about earlier on in the meeting. So what do we mean by knowing God, this being the key to eternal life? Now, the sort of knowing talked about here is not just knowing the fact, having the factual information about God. That won't give you eternal life. Nor is it about being very clever. You can speculate and you can philosophize and you can come up with all theories as to, you know, the meaning of life or whatever. Or you can be looking deep inside yourself or anywhere else to find some higher power that can somehow help you with the struggles of life. If it's not the God who actually exists won't do you a lot of good. And if you don't know and be in relationship with the God who actually exists, then you don't have eternal life and you don't have the resources you need. Because the definition of this kind of knowing is, it's not like I know Pythagoras' theorem or I can recite that piece of Shakespeare, that sort of knowing. It's like I know Clive, I'm married to him, we're in relationship, we live together. You know, we have produced children together. That, that, is, that is the kind of knowing that we need to have with God, where we're actually in relationship. And Jesus, in this prayer, now moves on to pray for his disciples, the ones who are going to suddenly find themselves without him for a time. And he says, I have made you known to them. Now, when we've been looking through these passages in John, you notice how Philip asked, oh, Lord, show us the Father and we'll be satisfied. And he said to Philip, don't you know me? You've seen the Father because you've been living and walking with me. You know what God is like. You are in relationship with him. And, and this is when he says, I have revealed your name to those whom you gave me. He's saying, Father, I have shown them. The whole, one of the major themes in John's whole gospel is the fact that, that God is made known through Jesus. Right in the first chapter, he says, you know, grace and truth came through Jesus Christ. Nobody has seen God, but the only begotten of God, who is in the bosom of the Father, he has made him known. And so Jesus is saying, they know you. They know that I come from you. They know that my secret is the fact that you're in me. So it's like they're, they're really getting the picture here. They've received me, Father, and they've, they've accepted me. So he says, I'm not praying for the world at large here. I'm praying particularly for these disciples who have come to know you through me and through whom 
the world is going to learn to know you through me as well. So that's why he says, I'm, I'm praying for them. And isn't that encouraging? That among all the other things Jesus has done for them, he's taught them, he's shown them things, he's been with them, he's provided for them, he's protected them, he prays for them. And he continues to do so. Now, again, that's part of our security. The knowledge that Jesus is at the right hand of the Father interceding for us. And the word interceding just means he's pleading our cause. He's our defense barrister. He's the one who's actually bringing our needs before God. And here he is praying for them before he leaves. Because he says, I'm leaving now. And I've been protecting them up till now. But now, Father, I'm not going to leave them as orphans, as he already told them. I'm handing them back to you, Father. Now you protect them. I'm putting them back into your care, these ones that you gave to me. Because I'm leaving the world, but they're still in it. And he asks the Father to keep them in his name. That's very important. It's not just, oh, Father, you know, keep looking after them, make sure they've got enough to eat and somewhere to live and that, you know, everything's going fine for them and their job's successful and all the rest of it. You know, we know God cares about those things and we can trust him with them, but that is not the point of this prayer Father, will you protect them? Will you keep them? So what he says to the, he says here is, my prayer is not that you take them out of the world, but that you protect them from the evil one. And the key issue of our security is that we need protecting from the evil one and from the power of evil, from the prince of this world, and this world, I don't mean, you know, the, the physical creation that God has created. I mean, the whole sort of, the whole rebellious system that operates this world through the principle of selfishness and greed and survival of the fittest. That's the one, that's where the evil one has his rule. And, and Jesus' primary prayer for them is that you protect them from the evil one. You know, too often we spend a lot of time praying about a whole load of other stuff. How often do we remember that there's a battle out there and actually the battle comes right in here and there's an enemy we need to deal with and we need the power of the Holy Spirit to defeat him. We need what Jesus has done to enable us to defeat him. And actually we need to be aware of that and praying about it and finding our security in the armor he's given us and in, in the relationship with him who has defeated the enemy. So he says, protect them by the power of, their, of your name because they're going to be staying in the world. Christians, our job is to be in this world proclaiming the word of God, being the light to this world. Don't be looking to sort of be taken off into sort of, you know, a nice little um, holy huddle somewhere, a little ghetto where the world doesn't reach, no. He, he says, just as you sent me into the world, I'm sending them into the world. But they're going to need your protection. 
And of course, he's not entrusting them to a stranger. He's trusting them to somebody they already know through him. He's trusting them to his own father. It's like if you're looking for somebody to babysit your children, as a general rule, if you've had good parents yourself, who's your first choice? It's your own parents. The people who you know love you and will love your children. So actually for Jesus, this is the obvious thing to do, to trust them back to his father. And he says, sanctify them by the truth. Now the word sanctify means set them apart as holy. You know, in, in the, um, the temple in the Old Testament, all the vessels and the altars and all the furnishings and everything were, were sanctified. They were uh, consecrated as holy. They were for the exclusive purpose of worshipping God. And Jesus says, I'm sanctifying myself for them. Here you are in verse 17, 17 and 18 and onwards. I sanctify myself that they too may be truly sanctified. So basically Jesus is saying, I am now coming to you, Father, as the final great high priest with the final perfect sacrifice. From now on, all that happens in the temple will be redundant. It will not be needed ever again. I'm, I'm coming as the great high priest with the final sacrifice. I sanctify myself, I set myself apart for their sake so that they too can discover what it means to completely belong to God and to live in the power of his spirit and to reflect his glory into the earth. So that, that is his purpose and that's what he's praying for. He's not praying for their health, wealth and prosperity and all the stuff that the world wants. He is praying for his purposes in their life to be fulfilled and for the destiny that he has given them to be completed. And the security will be that the Father is protecting them, that the Holy Spirit will be coming and filling them. And the whole thing happens because he is in them and they are in him and they're all in the Father and there's this complete unity. And you know what? It isn't even just for those disciples who were there in the upper room with him. It says, my prayer is not for them alone. I pray also for those who will believe in me through their message. In other words, Jesus sees that it's not going to be just this little group that he's leaving behind, but that through them, countless, countless people are going to come to know. Countless people are going to believe in him because of the message that these men will take into the world, even at the cost of their lives, because they will be so convinced that Jesus is the Lord. And so he's praying for all the others who come to faith as a result. And you know, there's a whole bunch of them in this room today. There'll be a bunch more listening as, as they're watching the videos later. You and I are included in this prayer. If we're people who believe in Jesus, he's praying for us. And he says, that all, yes, I pray for also for those who believe in me through their message, that all of them may be one, Father, 
just as you are in me and I am in you. In other words, may they know that unity with us, Father, and also with each other. Because actually this is going to be one united body of Christ, one united bride for when he comes again, one people who together will reflect the glory of God. And the togetherness is also really, really important. That's why this is another thing that he's praying here. Keep them together, Father. That is also part of our security in him, is the fact that together we build each other up. Together we work to reflect his glory. And together we grow until we reach maturity in Christ. That is... That is something we aim at as individuals, but it's not just me in my small corner and you in yours. It's actually together that we reflect Christ. And again, that is part of the security that he brings to us. And it's the protection we have against the enemy because just as Jesus is not defined by what the world says about him. So also for us, we're not defined by what the world says about us because we're not from the world, just as he's not. But we are in it and part of the process of bringing redemption to it. So it means we can be secure because just as Jesus did, we will always have a hotline to the Father. He will always be there. And when we lack wisdom, we can ask God who gives generously and without reproach. And we can find the way to make the decisions we have to make. We will always be protected from the evil one. And we need to stay firmly within that hedge of protection. Remember Job, you know, Satan couldn't get at him because God had put a hedge around him until the time came when, for God's purposes, he allowed Satan limited access. But the normal state of a Christian is you have a hedge of protection around you, and the devil has no rights or authority over you whatsoever, and you don't have to listen to a word he says. And furthermore, we too are set apart to be part of, of his ministry too, so that through us, this can spread. And in that, we will have all the security and protection we need, just as he's already told us we'll have all the resources we need. It is not impossible, because one day we're going to see the whole creation unified in Christ. I'm just going to finish with a, um, a quote from Ephesians chapter 1 and verse 9. He made known to us the mystery of his will, according to his good pleasure which he purposed in Christ, this is God he's talking about obviously, to be put into effect when the times will have reached their fulfilment. And the mystery is that he's going to bring all things in heaven and on earth together under one head, even Christ. And everything will be encompassed within him and everything will be reflecting his glory. And you and I, who have known that God sent Jesus, that God was in Christ reconciling the world to himself, you and I who have believed what these men shared of what they had known, 
we share in that too. And in him, we have perfect security because Jesus himself said, nobody can pluck you out of my hand.